Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and Matthew is back with us again today. Welcome, Matthew. Good to have you here. It's great to be here and good morning, friends. Welcome. Yes, yeah, it's a cold day here in Curry Curry in our where our studio is, but we are warm and cozy here inside. How was your day, the rest of your day yesterday? Did you have a good day, Matthew? And what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful just to have the opportunities to be available to be a partaker of this ministry today. And I like what you referred to this morning about being cold in this room. I think we're referred to as the frozen chosen. <laughs> That's an interesting one that you've placed there. Hey, so <laughs> I think Shell really liked that one. She's like the thumbs up. So, um, yeah, in every way, we're, we're hoping that you are having a good day, that wherever you are, you've actually got warm weather somewhere. We will be looking at the weather shortly. But, hey, you know, the things that I'm just really grateful for is music and nature and, you know, I love really good good songs, of course. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite songs, I have shared this before, but I, I, I do want to share it again, is about how great thou art. I think we have such a mighty, mighty God who is just so great in every way. I mean, how great thou art, how great thou art, you know. Um, oh, Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder, consider all the worlds that their hands have made, you know, and what, what about you? Do I mean, cause you, you're a bit of muser. You sing too, don't your mum sings too really well, doesn't she? Absolutely. I definitely get my singing prowesses from mum and my creative genius in terms of lyrics from both mum and the Lord. And I totally agree. I've got a song called uh, Testify. Oh. That, yeah. And it talks about God as creator and starting from Genesis and, you know, and all things. Yeah about how he created everything. Sounds beautiful. We might have to get you to sing it sometime here (laughs) and bring your guitar in or something. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Rod Bailey on agriculture and gardening. In our new segment, we're going to uh, talking about a new law in California and we're also looking at religious liberty. And in our Bible study, we're looking at the early church and comfort zones, continuing God's mission, my mission. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson is unfortunately still not well, and we are really grateful that Matthew has joined with us. Hey, yesterday uh, we had problems, technical problems. We're not sure why we got our bosses involved, we're not um, in- included to try and work things out. And some of you were messaging in saying, well, actually, no, we weren't even receiving the text messages. Unfortunately, we had to give you a different number. We want to say that we have received those text messages. So if you're playing, the good news is that we have received those. But we did not actually give you the answers to the quiz questions from yesterday. So I'm going to fly through those fairly quickly because then Shell will actually put up our first quiz question and Matthew will read that for us. So here's the question from questions from yesterday. First one, along with his unabated vigor, which of Moses' senses never grew weak during his life? The answer is his sight. And you can find that particularly in Deuteronomy chapter 34. Moses was 120 years old or so when he died, his eye was undimmed and this vigor unabled, so un- unabated, sorry. And so that's where we actually get that answer from. Our second one, where was Jesus when he quoted Psalm 13, 31 verse 5, into your hand I commit my spirit was the cross. Which will the lion and what will the lion and the ox both eat in heaven? The answer was straw. That's taken from Isaiah 11. 
fill in the blank. My my eyes, that was the answer. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. And number five, according to Paul in the book of the second of Second Testimony, why did Demas um, forsake him? And the answer was B, he loved the world. Mm. So there are the answers. If you text those in, and we know we actually had some really good answers, and we're actually just flying back over some of those and finding the answers that have actually come through really well. So we'll be putting you into the draw for tomorrow. That actually happens at quarter to nine in the morning. You'll go into the draw for two books, Convicted, which is about the young juvenile delinquent who actually got caught with um, guns and all sorts of uh, things in his boot on Halloween night and then was in, in jail and actually ended up, um, yeah, being given a Bible. Are we playing that ad now, Shell, or uh, probably the next one? Probably the next one because we're running short of time here with the fact that we had to reread those quiz questions. And the second book that you're going to draw for is the. T- Trip into the Supernatural by Roger Morneau, looking at uh, the dark side, darkness versus light, and what the side of living a life with Satan um, and getting involved in things that are satanic can do to you versus um, the victory that you can have in Jesus. Okay. Yeah, great book. So, our first quiz question, please take it away for today, Matthew. Gladly. So, our first question is, friends, how long was the ark? Mm. So I'll say that again. So how long was the ark? Now, okay. And your choices are? Here's your choices, friends. A, 500 cubits. B, 100 cubits. C, 300 cubits. And D, 250 cubits. That's right. So you have four choices. One out of 25, one out of four chance to actually get that right. That question again was how long was the ark that was built by Noah, of course. The, um, the, and the, the choices are, was it A, 500 cubits, B, 100 cubits, C, 300 cubits, or D, 250 cubits. And it is found in Genesis 6 if you are needing to look that up. Text us in your answer on 0491-064-669 and you'll go in the draw for the prizes. Once again, that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, some good news. We always like good news, don't we? Amen. And uh, I just want to really briefly catch, just you know, take a short snipper on one before I move to the next one. But of course, in the last couple of days, uh, we have seen planes. The two Qantas has flown one in, and I think Qatar was the other one that flew in uh, Australians from Israel and brought them over to safety, which is really exciting news. One landed on Tuesday. One another one was meant to land last night as well. And of course, people that were over there um, and have been through the horrific stuff have now actually come to safety and to back home, which is absolutely fabulous, fabulous news. So, and uh, yeah, let's just keep praying for those in Israel and the Gaza Strip, of course, with what is going over there between Palestine and Israel um, and for the safety of people because so many people are being displaced and, of course, uh, lives are being lost and so families are grieving and in massive trauma as well. Hey, here's some good news. There's some new law. There's a new law that has actually been passed in California. Now, this one's an interesting one because, you know, this week we've been talking a lot about food and things like that. And today we're actually talking bees. Now, 
My dad used to have a beehive in his backyard, and uh, in, in our backyard, I should say. And uh, my grand and my sorry, my grandparents did as well, particularly. And we would go over regularly and help them, you know, and take the honey. Lot. We'd have this big barrel. We'd, we'd put put the the frames of uh, of the, the 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 bee with the bee wax in, and would have to, you know. Uh, you know, turn it over and get that, that honey coming out and then we'd pour it into the jars. And I remember grandma's, grandma's kitchen was always sticky for two <laughs> days. Like, you know, no matter what shoes you had, it was always sticky. But I, I just love the fact that we can get beautiful honey from bees. Now, here's the thing in, in New South Wales, there's something that's unfortunate that has happened. And I'm then going to move to that really good news story with California. But in August 2022 last year, uh, basically there was a bee parasite that was discovered in New South Wales that was believed to be due to illegal transportation of beehives from Victoria. Um, and then, uh, the, the, so the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries actually found wingless fly by the name of Braeola fly, common in Tasmania, which attaches itself back to, um, back to the bees and it actually moves around with the bees, you know, you could say basically in the hives. But here's the unfortunate thing is once it's in the hives, it actually then buries itself into the honeycomb and, uh, you know, and basically lays, lays eggs deep in in the honeycomb that can then affect the quality of the honeycomb. But then a month ago, the news articles indicated that the honeybee industry in New South Wales was particularly affected by the varroa mite, which is a parasite the size of a sesame seed, and about 28,000 or so beehives have had to be wiped out or destroyed in New South Wales. Now, I knew about this too when a friend of ours who's been having like several, I think it was a dozen beehives, up in the Kempsey region, and uh, and and he's had those for years and years and years, uh, probably a good twelve years, and yeah, just he just wrote this email to friends saying like he's just devastated. He's having to to you know destroy the bee the, the beehives completely so that this parasite is literally eliminated in New South Wales. Now, on the flip side of it, here's the good news in California. It's not that it's, they're not talking about parasites, but they're actually talking about the fact of protecting bees all the same, which is really important because, of course, that protection comes even like here in our case where we've got the excuse me the parasites. Well, there needs to be protection from these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely, especially you, <clears throat> with pollination. Yeah, yeah, do. that's right. Are you a lover of honey? I do. You I, love honey, hey? I have a good friend that lives in Kurumbong named Jonathan Christian who supplies great honey and different variety types as well. Wow, lovely. Okay, and they must still have those. So we had some honey given to us when we first went to Hillview Church, mm. from Hillview Church, and it was actually really beautiful. And we've there's next to nothing of that left, but I was mindful of it that soon after it was given to us that this, this uh, you know, went out in New South Wales that the beehives have to be destroyed and I was like thankful for this great honey. Now in California Governor Gavin Newsom signs the, signed a law to protect bees. He's put a ban over the counter sales of lawn and garden pesticides by 2025. Now the law is actually called AB 363 
It'll actually restrict the sale of Neoix, um, Neoix, which is the type of pesticide. And few other sta- a few other states have also limited the thing. But here's the thing. Um, the, the key thing is that these Neoix actually are harmful pesticides. They are mostly widely used around the world. They are toxic to the bees in the environment. They persist in soil for years and they carried long distances. And my mind went, because as we're just tying up this section here, my mind went to... Psalm 19, where it says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. And, you know, here we're actually finding David, um, you know, write, writes about this. But that whole whole segment there is a beautiful song in itself. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Matthew is with us today. Lawson, unfortunately, isn't well, so it's Danuta and Matthew that you're listening to this morning. And <clears throat> unfortunately, we've had a few hiccups again, technical hiccups this morning, but we're continuing on with the hope that things will actually pick up right now. Matthew, can you read for us the second quiz question, please? Galali, so I'll just boost that up. Here we have here. The second question is, Psalms 32 warns us not to be without understanding needing to be curbed with bit and bridle like a horse and or what other animal. Mm. So what's the other other animal? That's what we're looking for. So the question is, Psalm 32 warns us to be without understanding, needing to be curbed with bit and bridle like a horse and or what other animal. Mm. Text us in your answer. That's 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 an interesting one, Shell. That's a really interesting question. Where did you find that one? <laughs> we get all sorts here and Shell's got super duper questions. So again, Psalm 32 warns us to be without understanding, needing to be curbed with bit and bridle like a horse and or what other animal. Text us in your answer on 0491 That number again, 0491 And you'll go in the draw tomorrow morning at quarter to nine for the two books, Convicted and also um, a trip to the supernatural. Are we going to play the ad this it's morning? It's interesting that oh. we're still told not to be like this animal. Why don't we, <laughs> people are? People often say, "Don't be that." Oh, and you know what? You've reminded me. That's really interesting to say that because I know one other time when we actually had that animal for a quiz question. This is going back several weeks ago. Lawson yeah. said to me, "Lawson said on here, he said my father used to call me this all the time." Yeah. So Ooh, there's a clue, everybody. There's a clue. So if you listened into that, and I'm pretty sure that that's the one that he said. So yeah, that that that's the one. So just text us in your answer zero four nine one zero six. Four six six nine. Are we playing the ad, or we're not? No, we're not. We're moving right on. Okay, just quickly too. We want to say hi to the town published. Did you know there was a town called published in New South Wales? Wow. Yeah, I always thought the word was actually published. Okay, on eighty eight point five, and I can't seem to find it here. So we're going to come back to that one because it, I can't even seem to find it if, on here. If I, but if I can ask Danuta, is that because it hasn't been published? published? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really good one, Matt. I do like that. But either way, we do know that it's on 88.0 FM. Hey, Matt, where are we going with our news today? Oh, it's a good one. And, you know, in a world of Christian values and different ideologies floating around, in this current climate and... Uh, 
it's just interesting to see what's happening out on the news. So I've got this one fresh off the press, mm-hmm. and I'll just read a bit of a line here. First, the topic says, Supreme Court is increasingly putting Christians first, amendment rights ahead of others' dignity and rights to equal protection. And here's a bit of a sentence here. When the Supreme Court ruled in 303 create, Creative versus Elinus in 2023 that a business person could not be compelled to create art that violates their, that violates their religious, religious beliefs. Now, specifically, a wedding website for a same-sex ceremony, supporters of the decision celebrated it as a victory for freedom of religious, uh, religion and expression. Now, just be clear of a clause. We're not trying to put out anything about us versus the values of uh, same-sex people. We value everyone's rights to their beliefs. It's just interesting in today's times that there is an encroaching um, of one or the other. You know, and it's just good to see that everyone should be heard because I remember there's a quote that goes like this. I'd like to read it. And um, it's about defending you right here. It goes like this. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the deaf your right to say it. I like that. I'll defend to the right... You're right to say it. So everyone has the freedom of choice, as we know, and everyone has a choice to choose what they believe. Now, what I found interesting is a couple of years back, a gentleman, um, was a baker, was asked to uh, bake a cake for a same-sex cu- couple. He was taken to court because he wouldn't do that because of his, his religious views, mm. his, you know, his convictions. <laughs> he respected their rights to what they wanted and even referred them to a baker that would gladly do the mm-hmm. cake for a six-six couple. But unfortunately, these folks were enraged and they actually put a lawsuit against him. And he actually had to close down his business because they revoked his licence. However, he sought out a lawyer who was able to take his uh, case, make an appeal, all the way up to the US Supreme Court. And I've got uh, a statement here from the internet. It says here, the Colorado baker, his name's uh, Jack Phillips, he won a partial U.S. Supreme Court victory after refusing to make uh, a gay couple's wedding cake because of his Christian beliefs. So it's just nice to hear that um, there's protections for both parties, and I strongly believe there shouldn't be an infringement on each other's views. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they should remain separate. And I think there is a good way that we can collaborate, though, in that respect. I mean, there's a verse that says in Isaiah one eighteen, God says, come now and let us reason together absolutely and and that's an interesting thing that in his case though um the the good thing is that he actually did did win the case but he actually had to close down his whole business so the impact was really massive Mm -hmm. um and he was standing up for what he believed and of course uh uh, the, the couple that was was getting married was going through with what they believed as well, and like you say, um, the fact is that that basically the free, rights rights of freedom are, are really important yeah. for for what people believe. And it says also, and I um, with that one, it says that the Supreme Court does not protect the freedoms of all Americans. Instead, it actually represents the culmination of a decade-long strategy by conservative Christians, known sometimes as the Christian right, to use the courts to limit the freedoms of groups of Americans. Of, of whom they actually disapprove. And so um, it's, it's really interesting, this whole space of religious freedom, and there's always discussions um, around around so many issues relating to that, isn't it? But, Absolutely. Um, but here, the, 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 and so I wonder where these folk actually did go to get their wedding cake done, but they were obviously quite offended by, by what had actually happened as well. But this gentleman actually followed his, his beliefs as well to follow through and, 
and and the court actually approved that. So um, yeah, like you say, we don't we don't condemn anyone. No. Um, we are called to love no. love everybody. Um, and and uh, yeah, so and a freedom of choice is an important mm. thing. Absolutely, because we're interesting times. Like for instance, uh, we know that as Christians, we have a principle which is as Jesus, we love the sinner, but not the sin. But mm. today, it's actually been um, you know, attacked as well. That quote. Uh, yeah, as soon as you say that, now we can be hit with, "Oh, now that's bigotry." But here's the interesting clause, and I've got a bit of a metaphor which goes like this: um, Say you have someone in your family that values something that's not right. You know, we don't agree with murder. Um, someone, you know, in the family, maybe your 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 son, likes to kill people. We don't. We don't. You know, as the law says, thou shalt not kill. So we don't encourage our, our son to be doing that. In fact, um, he's, he's, he loves his knife, imagine. And we say, son, you know, um, don't agree with using the knife. And he'd be like, if you don't agree with the knife, you don't agree with me. And what's happening today are people attaching their, their, what they're into as a part of their identity. And it's interesting, like we should, as we were saying before, respect people's choices and what they uh, believe. But when it comes to a point of questioning what they're doing, this is where we come to where we need the Bible today to know what is it, what's right, what's wrong, and at the same time not be imposing our beliefs on others. Even though we're called as Christians to share our views, even that today, as you know, um, to, know to do that, it's called um, conversion therapy. Mm. If you've been doing that, um, <clears throat> so the laws are restricting what we can say and and when to say it. But we know when people are looking genuinely for love in God's ways, where to be available. Absolutely, and God's word, you know, when as believers, then becomes our foundation and our roadmap. Yes, roadmap doesn't it in every way, and that's where we actually have the truth that is written for us. And and the thing is, we know that you know, in your case, or you know, when you when you left the Lord, or in the case of my husband, or others who have. Oh, you know, walked with the Lord in the younger years and then left and then come back to the Lord. You know the difference between the, the this kind of way of life versus that kind of, you know, way of life, the difference in the lifestyles. Absolutely. And so that's when, um, and, and, and that foundation then comes from God's word in the way that, that, that we live in every way. And so, and there's a strong conviction, um, within that. And it's the Holy Spirit that prompts us to show us where our, what our sin is yes. um, to bring it to the forefront of our minds and to our hearts and so that we actually bring it to the Lord and ask for forgiveness in, in different areas. And so that's why Love we're it. saying that mm-hmm. we are all sinners yes. and all fall short of the glory of God, says Paul in Romans. And, um, you know, but the God, God loves the sinner, uh, but not the sin. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Matthew, can you read for us? Oh, before we say so, we have just come back on live. We want to apologise to our listeners. We don't know what quite the technical problems were, but it happened several hours ago. Apparently, we've just found out from our major tech guys over in Melbourne. Thank you to Michael. Thank you to God for answering our prayers for this morning too. So we are live back on. We are sorry that if you've missed out for the early part of the show. And so we are just going to quickly quit. Go back over the first two quiz questions for if you missed that out and you want to play for the quiz. The first one was how long was the ark? Was it A, 500 cubits, B, 100 cubits, C, 300 cubits, or D, 250 cubits? How long was the ark? 
Was it 500 cubits, 100 cubits, 300 cubits, or 250 cubits? Second one was Psalm 32 warns us not to be without understanding, needing to be curbed with a bit and bridle like a horse and or what other animal. So we're looking for that other animal. And number three, here we go. Fill in the blanks. And it's the same word for the blanks. Blank for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage, blank for the Lord. That is found in Psalm 27, verse 14. That question again, fill in the blank. Blank for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage, blank for the Lord. It's found in Psalm 27, verse 14. Text us in your answers on 0491-064-669. That number is working today. Yesterday it wasn't. We had to give you a different one. All your texts, we have received them. Thank you because you faithfully faithfully kept texting in yesterday. Mm. And we have received the ones even on this number that wasn't working yesterday. So today again, 0491-064-669. And for our interview this morning, we have none other than Rod Bailey talking about agriculture and gardening. Hello, Rod. Are you there? I'm here. Glad you're there. Yes, yes, we are finally here, just in time for your interview, which is fantastic. We are finally live, and um, it's all come together just in time for interviews, so we're really happy that you can join us, and we always love having your segment, Rod. I think last time, if I remember correctly, we were looking at soil and having that all well prepared, and I do remember we talked about putting molasses even into the soil. Where are we going today, please? Well, I, I thought we'd jump right to the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, that is harvest. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah. This, this is, oh, look, there's all sorts of reasons why we garden, but um, for me, one of the, the primary things we look forward to is harvest. You know, that's why we do it. Absolutely. So yes. what have we got on harvesting then today? Because, like, it is like it's coming to that season already where people can start harvesting their, their veggies and things that they've grown over winter, can't they, really? Well, well, that's true. I mean, in our garden, we're harvesting every week. Um, harvest, harvest takes up about 50% of our time and effort, actually. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's significant. We have quite a large team. We have uh, any Monday, we have eight or nine people here harvesting on our garden. Um, so it's a major part of what we do. It's the it's the one thing, if you like, that adds the most value to our crops because they're pretty well valueless when they're in the paddock, but when they're harvested and on their way to their customers, um, they have great value. And really, it's the same in our home gardens. You know, we can have a, 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 a huge amount of food growing in there, but if we don't have the time or the expertise or the skill to harvest it properly at the right time and then store it, you know, the post-harvest thing, um, mm-hmm. then a lot of our labours are wasted. Absolutely. And so the, the thing is, though, isn't it interesting? Like, tell us, tell us a little bit in leading up to that harvest as well, because the harvesting, like you just, you just mentioned something really interesting that having the time and everything else to actually be able to look after things to get it to that harvest. So there's that pre-stage that is really vital and important, isn't it, as well, to be able to get a really good harvest. Yeah, look, it, it starts with our soil, as we've spoken often. Um, it start, you know, and then it 
proceeds to planting the seed either directly into the soil or into pots or whatever that are going to be transplanted later then it's then it's um if you like as gardeners i've said this before we are the conductors of a, an amazing orchestra and it's it's our responsibility to arrange things just just so for the plants and um all the other um things that are involved in the garden to orchestrate all of that to um, produce the symphony of food that, mm. that and you know um, keeping the moisture up um, keeping pests away you know there's so many different aspects to it but all of that is just preparatory work for the harvest mm. and do you find I mean I, I know I find when I have my harvest at home uh, you know especially when it's a really good harvest it just enthuses you to keep planting more and harvesting more again so that having that whole cycle doesn't it it's like uh, that's like any reward that you you receive or any goal that you reach that's that's what provides the motivation to to do the hard things that that are necessary to get there absolutely mm. so what kind yeah. of things sorry keep going yep. Go so what, no, what kind of things are you harvesting with your team there at the moment and the second question with that is what are there specific types of ways that are for particular different plants that are really good ways of harvesting so that we're not destroying the plant and allowing more fruit um, or veggies to develop um, while we're because of course a harvest doesn't isn't just like one week or one day sort of thing but it continues for a period of time doesn't it yeah correct like I said we harvest every every week of the year because we're, we're growing every week of the year but Answer your question. Um, the things that we are harvesting at the moment um, are probably about 35 different things, veggies at the moment. So um, we've been harvesting things like rocket, baby spinach, silver beet, chard, three types of kale, you know, eight types of lettuce. Um, you know, all of these crops we've been harvesting, we harvest all year round. And then just at the moment, we're just at the start of our, our summer crop harvest. So we're harvesting our first tomatoes and our first zucchinis and squash. And um, we'll be harvesting our first cucumbers either next week or the, um, the week after. Um, so we've got, and there's herbs and things that we grow as well. So, um, because we're planting every week, um, that allows us the privilege of harvesting every week. Mm. Uh, yeah. And um, depending on, on, on where our listeners are in Australia, um, I just mentioned we're, we're starting to harvest our summer crops, but some places in, in the highlands or in the deep south, Tassie, et cetera, they might only be just getting to plant their summer crops now. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas in, in far north Queensland or the Territory or the Kimberleys, etc., um, you know, people have been harvesting what we call summer crops all, all through it, through the winter. So, um, it's your locality really determines on what you're harvesting at what time in the year. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, yeah. Time, timing of the year, what the temperature's like, what the weather's like, whether there's rain or dry in any kind of way and all of those sort of things, isn't there? Correct. Sorry. Sorry for the noise. Um, uh, my young team this morning are driving around in the backhoe. They're, they're doing the opposite of harvest. They're post harvest. We're actually removing some crops that are finished this morning. So sorry about that. Oh, it's all happening. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just wanted to share um, 
some crops you can you can harvest at any old time in the plant in the, the any stage of plant growth like um silver beet you can wander out and just take leaves off at any time um you know lettuce we can just go and um take take lettuce leaves off the side of the plant at any old time and the plant will continue on um but some things aren't ready to to harvest until they're mature and you know it's um things like tomatoes we know about that you you pick a green tomato and it's it's not ready, it's immature, there's less flavour, there's less nutrition, and you're probably it's going to be smaller as well in many situations. But if we, we allow things to mature um, and, and then become overripe, um, the challenge with that is you actually get a shorter shelf life, so things don't, don't last as long. Mm. So that... Yep. That's important, you know, Sean. Absolutely. And so what I'm also hearing from you is that in some ways it's good to have things that you can harvest virtually all the time and then there's other things that are seasonal that we we actually do. But we can have other things that are continual throughout that time. Yeah, correct. Like our greens, you know, anything green we can usually pick over a period of time you know some things like baby spinach they cease to be baby they they become adolescents and then mature and then then old and tough like like human beings do as well so there's a there's a window of opportunity for harvest all sorts of things and indeed um, many summer crops like take we've just started picking zucchini and squash we've got to pick those guys every two days because they're growing so fast they go from perfect to a bit big and then overripe and you know too large and our customers won't buy it in a matter of of three days so we've just got to keep on to that all the time Um, there's all sorts of crops like that we we do the same thing for cucumbers same thing for peas you know peas can quickly become too big as well so um with harvest we've just got to be on to it we need to know what's in the garden um what's ready to go and um uh, make sure we've got the time to go and harvest it either for ourselves and our families or to share with others. I, I like what you're saying, the time and the value. Matthew's got a question for you there, um, Rob, as well. Sure. Yeah. Oh, if I could call it a 1.5 question because there is a bit of an uh, opinion I need on a fertiliser we're using at home. But that first one, Rob, the first, g'day. Uh, good to hear from you too. Howdy. Today. Howdy. And the first question is, how important is cultivating the soil? Um, going back to cultivating, okay, so it depends on your definition of cultivation, um, uh, whether that's preparing the ground to plant a crop or whether it's cultivating to deal with weeds. Um, today, there's, there's a real, if you're talking about the former, there's a real move towards uh, minimum soil disturbance. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all sorts of reasons for that. But the main one is we're recognising more and more the importance of um, biology in our soil and the effect of um, ploughing or working the soil. Um, and so many, many gr- growers are moving towards what they call minimum, minimum tillage yes. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's real benefits in that. Um, depending on your soil type, um, that can give you great advantages. Whereas if you've got a very deep topsoil, um, let's, there are areas in Australia that have deep topsoil, but the classic that comes to mind is the Midwest of the USA where you, you, you could plow an 18 inch furrow and, 
um, and, and the soil's the same from top to bottom. Um, whereas the more delicate soils, the more fragile soils, it seems that the less, less tillage you can, uh, um, you can use on that soil, the better off the, the, the health of the soil is for the longer term. Thanks, Rod. And uh, my, my family is using a, a banana peel as fertilizer. Like we, we let it uh, f- ferment and then we tr- uh, blend it into liquid and we use it on our soil and we found um, some good results. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Kindly? Yeah, I, I guess um, there's multiple ways we can use uh, plant waste, if you like. The banana peel is the packaging that God designed around the banana and um, I, I absolutely believe it was intention that, that the nutrients in that banana peel be recycled into back into the soil. And so you're, how you're doing it is one way, um, recycling it through a... Uh, a compost pile is another way. You know, there are many ways to do that. But basically what you're doing there is just um, recycling nutrients, which is fantastic. Thanks, Rod. Mm, that's great. Hey, Rod, we've got just about a minute left in our time. Is there anything particularly you want to leave our listeners with, uh, particularly in relation to harvesting as well? Yeah, look, a really important principle is um, if we want our produce to stay fresh, the time of day is important. And um, the earlier, when the earlier in the day, before the produce warms up and really starts respirating, um, you know, when when the produce is full of water, um, that's the best time to harvest, and that's what um, will ensure that our harvest will last longer. And then get it into the fridge, cool it down as quick as possible, get it into the fridge, and um, your veggies will last for a long time. Oh, great tips. Really love that. So, yeah, doing that early in the time of day so things don't warm up and go mushy, especially tomatoes because they can go mushy, can't they, really, Rod? Um, so, yeah, in the heat of the day. So, yeah, really great tips. And, of course, then get the harvest to cool down quickly and put it into the fridge. Thanks so much, Rod. We really Thank appreciate you. your time and your information that you, you share, particularly from experience. All the best with your harvesting at the moment, Rod, and we'll catch up next time. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.